Hello again, and welcome back to the Slow Flowers Podcast with Deborah Prinzing. This is episode 576. This is the weekly podcast about slow flowers and the people who grow and design with them. It's all about making a conscious choice, and I invite you to join the conversation and the creative community as we discuss the vital topics of saving our domestic flower farms and supporting a floral industry that relies on a safe, seasonal, and local supply of flowers and foliage. This show is brought to you by slowflowers.com, the free online directory to more than 850 florists, shops, and studios who design with local, seasonal, and sustainable flowers and to the farms that grow those blooms. It's the conscious choice for buying and sending flowers. And thank you to our lead sponsor, Farm Girl Flowers. Farm Girl Flowers delivers iconic burlap wrap bouquets and lush, abundant arrangements to customers across the U.S., supporting U.S. flower farms by purchasing more than $10 million of U.S.-grown fresh and seasonal flowers and foliage annually. Discover more at farmgirlflowers.com. Thank you to Longfield Gardens, which provides home gardeners with high-quality flower bulbs and perennials. Their online store offers plants for every region and every season, from tulips and daffodils to dahlias, caladiums, and amaryllis. Check out the full catalog at longfield-gardens.com. Well, today's episode has been a long time coming. I first met Rita and Mike Williams, owners of Wilmore Farms Flowers based in Metter, Georgia, when the Low Country Flower Growers invited me to speak at their Southern Flower Symposium back in August of 2018. The conference took place in Charleston, South Carolina, and Rita and Mike arrived by motorcycle, a more than a 150-mile trip, so that impressed me and let me know they were the cool kids. Theirs is a family-owned agricultural enterprise rooted deep in history. Wilmore Farms is based on land that has been on Rita's side for nine generations. You'll hear more about that in our conversation, as well as how what started as a hobby farm has grown into a diversified, viable, and sustainable operation. Day in and day out, Wilmore Farms always tags Slow Flower Society on social media, ensuring that we stop and check out their beautiful flowers that they grow and sell. It gives me a good sense about what they're doing, and I always feel connected to these longtime Slow Flowers members. Launched in 2015, Wilmore Farms takes its name from Mike's surname, Williams, and Rita's maiden name, Morgan. With four children, this is truly a multi-generational project that you'll find inspiring. We recorded this conversation in mid-August, and I loved seeing rows of all the delicious blooms on our virtual tour, as well as some of the farming techniques and efficiencies they have developed through trial and error. Let's jump right in and get started and meet Rita and Mike Williams. Hi, everybody. I am so excited to introduce Rita and Mike Williams of Wilmore Farms, and they're going to give us a little tour today. So I'm going to turn it over to Rita and Mike. They're in their, you're in your golf cart, right? Yes. Okay. Well, welcome, and thanks so much for joining me. We haven't seen each other in person since, like, when was I in the South? 2017 or so? Uh, yes, over at um, in South Carolina at um, the Low Country Growers, their symposium. Yes, the Southern Flowers Symposium. That, and you guys rode your your motorcycle bike there, right? <laughs> yes, we did. 
I was so impressed with that. <laughs> okay, well, give everyone a little introduction. You said you had a little bit of a disclaimer, which I think every flower farmer who's listening to this will love you more for what you want to say because <laughs> you teased it. Um, well, I'm Rita Williams and my husband, Mike Williams, and along with our four children, we are Wilmore Farms Flowers. Um, and so before we start the farm tour, I always say this when people visit the farm is no judgment. You can't pass any judgment. Um, we um, have four children and life just happens to us. Um, uh, we didn't go into any debt um, for, with the flower farm. So because of that, we just used what was here. This is my grandparents' farm. And so we still use a lot of their old um, equipment and gates and um, and we just make do with what we have. So um, it's not pretty at all, <laughs> um, but it's functional and it works for us. But I just wanted to, to throw that out there. <laughs> okay. Well, does she do that all the time, Mike? Yes. <laughs> it's sort of the corresponding, to me as a gardener, the corresponding uh, apology is, it looked so great last week, but I just haven't had time to weed this week. So, <laughs> Yeah, well, I guess like you said, everybody can say that, I guess. Well, and yes. the other thing I need to say before we start is um, we cut and made bouquets for Whole Foods today. And so the fields are um, are not as abundant as they were this morning. Um, but um, we'll, we have got things in all different stages. So the flower farmers that are out there will will understand for sure. Absolutely. We don't want to see color in the field. We want to see money in your, in your wallet. That's right. That's yes. right. We do have color in the cooler so we can show yeah, you. Yeah. We'll show yes. you the cooler. <laughs> yes. Okay. So tell me where Metter is, is that how you pronounce it? Metter, Georgia, where you yeah. are in Georgia? Um, we are, we're um, uh, Southeast Georgia. Um, we're about an hour or so from Savannah. Okay. Um, west of Savannah. Okay. Okay. Great. Um, well, are you going to drive around or what can you show us from where you probably, are? Let, we'll probably walk. Okay. Walk, Good. Think. Um, now we recording, we're recording this at 7 PM your time. What, what's the weather like right now? So we're actually, believe it or not, in a, um, a little cold spell for us, um, which is kind of ridiculous. Um, uh, we were um, low eighties in the in the mornings have been sixties. So right now I'm thinking, mid-70s probably um so it's actually very pleasant which is not typical it's pleasant for, us. Pleasant for mid-august for sure yes and pleasant for the farmers and the flowers probably yeah so i hope i am videoing i'm having kind of some issues as far as showing you what i want to show you do you okay. see the white um uh row cover row there? there yes yes okay so let let me um talk about this and and i will actually send a little video for the show notes um, we use um, uh, this um, biodegradable mulch um, as a weed barrier, um, and um, we use it behind the tractor, and um, it has been so wonderful for us. Um, not everything gets planted in it, um, but most everything does. Um, um, sunflowers, um, a lot of times we don't just because um, we grow so many sunflowers and we're in a hurry. But the things that are going to last longer, um, not our one-hit wonders, what we call them, mm. um, gets planted in that. And that has really saved our labor tremendously. I've never heard of biodegradable row cover. Is it, um, it, is it kind of just like a, a plastic type of material, but it, it breaks down? It is. It's corn-based. And so when you get through with um, cutting um, or harvesting that row, you just take the tiller and you till it into the soil. 
Um, and um, wow. it's just, it's wonderful. It We tried doing the landscape fabric method and um, we about got a divorce over it. Um, <laughs> I mean, it just really was not good for us. Um, it's so hot here and um, that was a problem. And then, um, uh, uh what was it? Fire ants were the problem and then having mm. to, to um, bring it up. Um, mm. Anyway, yeah. so it did not I work like for it. us. I know a lot of farmers really like it, but it did not work for us. Right, right. So tell me what the one hit wonders are, like what crops would go in that? So sunflowers, for instance, um, oh, okay. um, we can start walking that way. Okay, and so great. this will be um, our sunflowers that we'll be cutting on in the next two to three weeks. Um, we grow our sunflowers really close together to, to actually keep them from getting those huge heads that summer fl- sunflowers usually do. Mm-hmm. Um, because we found in our bouquets, um, the really big sunflowers took up the whole bouquet sleeve. And it was hard to get the other flowers that we wanted to in that. So um, we grow them very close together and we just get um, about three to four inch diameter um, faces. And they just work really well in our bouquets. So those lush green rows of the sunflowers that are like maybe 12, 15 inches tall, the, those are in the, the white mulch? The, or the, the, these right here are not in the okay. mulch, but, okay. but there is we will area. show you some in a, in a little bit. Okay. We're, we're actually planting more and more, even the sunflowers in mulch um, wow. this summer. So these particular group is not, but we have some more that we'll show you later that are. Okay. So we're, Pretty much in our lower field, which I don't know how much you can see. I can see but, all of it. It's gorgeous. Okay. Wow. I'm trying to kind of hold it up, but I'm... It's You're crooked. good. Sorry. Until your arm gets tired. Let's... <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we'll, we'll walk down there in a second, but most most everything we're planting and have been for the last, uh, I don't know, month or two. So we've got like some celosia right here, and it's in mm-hmm. the white mulch. Mm-hmm. Wow. Actually, we missed some celosia. Can you see that, Deborah? Yes, I can. Yeah. You see so that, you just, and then you just you poking. The yeah. Do you just poke holes in that material, and then yeah, just, you can poke holes. In, it's very thin, so um, easy to plant in. Then, huh? It's thin. It's kind of interesting because as thin as it is, you would think that it would not be able to be pulled behind a tractor. So, like, I don't know. Can you see it up close? Yeah. Oh, I see. So you're saying it, you you would think because it's thin, it might tear. Yeah. Like, do you can you see my finger? Yes, I can. Yeah. You can like, like, wow. you see that? Yeah. Just it's pop very it. thin when you're planting in it, but you can pull it behind a tractor with no trouble. Wow. That's great. And it, um, it pulls real tight. Well, like the one we just showed you, mm-hmm. it pulls yeah. real tight and it makes a nice bed space. Yeah. So keep, keep all those weeds out. That's, that's truly amazing. Can you just mention where you pr- buy it? Is it, is it re- easy to find? Oh, yeah. So you can get it. I get it from um, Berry Hill Irrigation. Okay. Now, I don't, I think there's other suppliers of it, but that's where I get it from. And it's just, um, you have to buy it as a, what's the actual, I want to say Biotello, but I don't Mm. know if, I don't know if it's Biotello or not. I want to say it's Biotello, but it's black on the bottom and white on the top. Mm Mm-hmm. You can buy it solid black if you wish as well, but obviously for warmer climates, it's better to do the better. white on the top. Yeah. So, Maybe I'll, um, I'll get the I'll get the link from from you and we'll add it to the show notes too. And you, just yes, for, and you can get it like in three foot, four foot, and five foot widths. I think. 
Like how much acreage do you guys have? Yeah, about an acre and a half. It looks um, not like, much, really. It looks so much. It looks so vast. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm sure you're like, no, no more. An acre yeah. and a half is enough. <laughs> we are kind of at that point for sure. Wow. Um, so this is just a row. Let's see. Can't tell if I'm showing you. So I we've am, got a I'm row of it. Cosmos mm -hmm. that we're just starting to cut on. Again, we cut so much today for Whole Foods that. Um, that's amazing. That, am I showing it to you? Yes, yes I see some. that pretty cosmos. Yeah, and like Celosia were gorgeous. And then uh, what do you have behind there? Is that? Um, um, so that's Ageratum. Oh, Ageratum. Um, okay. And that's just getting started for us. Um, in the past, we haven't had a whole lot of luck with Ageratum. Um, but um, this year, are you seeing it? Yes, it's such a vivid, yeah. beautiful, like, lavender blue i love it it is and you know you have so few lavender colors um of flowers that it's just nice when you have it so what do you um, think is your what do you think it's the secret to maybe having success this year well we planted it in the the biodegradable um fabric oh. um mm -hmm. and so i think that helped and then we planted a little later a lot of times we would normally plant it um like in april and this time we planted it um a little later so i think that helped mm. um we have mm. some more celosia. This is probably one of my favorite. This is the Kramer's Burgundy. Oh, wow. It has such a nice color to it. And you're getting such long stems on it. Jeez. Yeah, they 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 kind of get crazy for sure. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And so this rolls the marigolds that we hammered today. Um, okay. We grow a lot of marigolds. They're great for the grocery store bouquets. Sunflowers, marigolds, and um, celosia are our big big three for the market yeah. or the, the grocery store bouquets and zinnias. And we grow a lot of zinnias too. Yeah. And you know, um, there's something I learned from you when we met at the uh, Southern Flower Symposium. I don't know what the context was, but I've, I've never forgotten it. And you were talking about <clears throat> Rudbeckia triloba being yeah. a great flower because it, it allows you to or kind of, it kind of becomes the matrix for, for a bouquet. Yes. Yes, and actually you're seeing our trilobe right now, and it is oh, wow. on its way out. Um, we've been <laughs> cutting on segue. it for about a month now, and um, we probably have maybe two more weeks left that we can harvest some from, but it is so it is so great. It's my favorite filler for the summer, for sure. So, so far we've seen all your lot all annual field crops, right? Is that yes, and I, the core of, of the Wilmore? Trilobe, um, it's a perennial for us. Oh, it um, is. Oh, it is. Yep, it is. Um, and I'll have to say that is one mistake. And so any flower farmer that's out there and you're just starting, make sure to get onto the perennial game early. Mm. Um, had we known that we would be where we're at when we started, <laughs> we would have invested um, in, in perennials a lot earlier. So that's something that I regret. Um, but I hope that each year we can add um, more and more mm -hmm. um, to our perennials. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah. I mean, it's just like your labor, uh, you know, you save your labor savings to have perennials. Oh, yes. Yes, <clears throat> definitely. Um, yeah. So let's see. We'll come here to the deer fence. Um, so when we, so, you know, when we first started out, um, we were a hobby farm. It, we truly were, were, we wanted our children to learn how to work and how to go to market and talk to adults and make change and that sort of thing. 
Um, we had no idea that this would actually become a source of revenue. And actually, one of our children wants to do this for a living. Um, so we awesome. had no idea all that was going to happen. Um, but when we started um, getting kind of serious about it, we knew we needed to protect things a little better. So we put up a deer fence. This is from Deer Busters. Um, uh, wow. I'll, let me let Mike talk about it because he knows. <laughs> I'll, I'll record you. Uh, well, it's. I mean, like she said, it's from Deer Busters. The, the particular one we have is a seven and a half foot, which is kind of the minimum for deer protection. Um, but you can get them an eight foot. You can get them shorter than seven and a half too, but sure. seven and a half is probably as low as you'd want to go. And we've got almost our entire operation surrounded with the deer fence. We do have one, we call it our top field, and it's not fenced currently, but it will be fenced, I hope, this winter. Um, so that's a big investment. I mean, it was pretty easy to put up and it's been durable. Um, and, and, and in the grand scheme of pricing, it was relatively cheap. Yes. For high fence, it's, it's very cheap compared to other high fence methods. Mm -hmm. Is it, um, the, is the post metal and then the, the mesh? It uh, is. So the post, the post actually, um, fits into a sleeve. So you actually pound sleeves into the ground and then you put the post into the sleeve. So you actually could pull this post. So I could pull this post out of the ground if I wanted to, right. but it sits down in a two foot sleeve. So you, so you put all those sleeves in the perimeter line that you wanted first. Correct. Yes. Yeah, so you just put the sleeves in, in with a sledgehammer. That's really the hardest part of it is putting the sleeves in. Yeah. So you put the sleeve in and then you just put the feed the post and then the fence. I mean, a good portion of this I did on my own, but, wow. um, but you can, with two people, you can do a, you could do a pretty big section in a pretty short period of time. It's, it's pretty easy to put up. So when you mentioned wanting to kind of making that transition from hobby <clears throat> to serious, when was that? Like how, how did that, what inspired that to happen? I, I mean, obviously your flowers are beautiful, so people responded positively, but how long ago did well, that Well, I think it was just more of like the, like she said, we kind of did it. The really honest, honestly, the first year, it was literally, we threw seed in the ground. <laughs> like it was really that, like, I think we tore up the ground a little bit, but we threw seed in the ground and then. Not technical, right? <laughs> right. And then a couple months later we had flowers and we were kind of like, okay, what do we do now? We didn't have anything else planted behind it because we didn't even, you know, we were thinking that far ahead. So. Mm -hmm. We, I called a florist friend of mine and said, Hey, we have flowers. Would you be interested in buying them? And she said, Yes. And we, thankfully, and we, and actually, you know her, Deborah, um, Christy Halsey with Colonial House of Flowers. Oh, yeah. Christy yeah. actually, actually, uh, bought our very first flowers we ever did. Yeah. So, anyway, so that oh, was, wow. And then the next year, it was kind of like, Okay, let's see what we can do. Um, we still didn't, it's like we didn't have a cooler. We didn't have, um, we didn't really have anything. I mean, so mm -hmm. we were just like, what section do we want to try to do? And what flowers do we want to try to grow? We still didn't really know about succession planning. So we still were kind of like, you know, we're just learning as we go, sort of. Sure, yeah, hands-on. Like, you, you created your own system to teach yourself. Basically, just by doing and it. we had been to a couple of the conferences, <clears throat> ASCFG conferences. Mm -hmm. um, and so that, and with some help from some other people, we just, 
it kind of, so it literally we've grown from a land perspective. We've actually, I think we've gone, I think we've increased, I think now five times, I think mm-hmm. this winter, I think was our fifth time. Mm-hmm. Wow. So we've just added on and added on and added on. We've added irrigation, added irrigation. Added, we, you know, we got, a, we finally got a well just for our irrigation. Um, we've added some tunnels and, and it's just kind of grown and grown. I mean, we, took into we got into whole foods that was kind of a process to get into whole foods but we did that uh what three years ago 19 and before before covid then yes yes that's yes, really good, before, before COVID. Right. but i will tell you covid actually helped us um our yeah. sales went through the roof um and i think it was because or at least my take on it flowers were a fairly inexpensive way for people to feel good yeah. And they were stuck in their homes and they needed something to make them feel good. Mm-hmm. Um, and so yeah. we really saw a huge increase in our sales um, during the two years of COVID. Well, I've heard that from other people too. And it's it seems like it hasn't, I mean, I, I'm guessing that it hasn't slumped off since. No, not, no, no, no. not really. Mm-mm. And the, <laughs> as far as like the stores are concerned, we could do more stores right now. We're We're actually in the, there. We're sort of that in the process right now of just figuring out like how, 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 big, expand how big we want it to be well, because we don't know. Um, yeah, it's a risk. We just don't know where to go right now because the, the Whole Foods, again, for where we're at, we've got a good opportunity to, to do as kind of as much as we want to bite off and we're just trying to decide what it, what that actually is. Mike, what what market is that? That I mean, or is there a distribution center near you? How, how are there you? Is it, well, there is that? a distribution center. So um, we currently are delivering to Savannah. That's our store. Okay. But we are going to, I think, test the waters with a couple another couple stores coming up actually this month. Wow. And so again, we have to decide if if we get. I think if we go beyond like three or four stores, we will just go to the distribution center. So the distribution center is about, it's about three hours from us. Because otherwise um, you're, you're individually delivering to. We're just delivering right now. Correct. We're just delivering to the store. Yeah. And then if we, these other stores we're going to do, we're going to deliver straight to the store. It's great that you can take 10 stores of material to it, but there's also, you got to worry about the packaging. There's, there's other things involved with it. Mm-hmm. And well, uh, and I'm and I'm not saying we're not going to do that. We just haven't decided. We've kind of crossed a lot of barriers this year with with kind of the labor thing, and we figured out some more stuff I think this year. Um, but we still don't really know what we want our next step to be. I mm-hmm. guess. Mm-hmm. And I really like the fact that we can have a relationship with the stores when you deliver to the stores. Um, <laughs> Uh, we just have, we've, we've met the staff there and they are really champion supporters, cheerleaders for our product. And if we went to the distribution center, then we would, we would lose a little of that. Um, Mm -hmm. You'd be more like just another commodity. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so again, it, one day it might be the best bet just for, from a, a business decision. But for right now, I just really like being able to, to, uh, to have that one-on-one with the store. So um, let's just talk about how that happened, because prior to branching out into wholesale, you were primarily selling at your local farmer's market. Is that correct? Correct. 
So, um, so again, I'll have to brag on, um, let me get a better something to look at in the back. Um, <laughs> we're walking around. I love it. Um, uh, so th- this is a row of, um, of, uh, flamingo feather. Um, oh, so wow. I, um, we use this, um, as our, um, um, kind of our, it just adds such, um, interest to bouquets. Um, the dark, um, the yeah, dark stem. It's yeah. It's gorgeous. It. Um, it looks tropical but, in a way, you know, yeah, it has it an does. exotic yeah, vibe. Yeah. Um, but back to what you were asking. So, um, David Gerald, he is the flower guy at Whole Foods in Savannah and he had seen us at Precise Farmer's Market, which is the farmer's market in Savannah. And he reached out and said, I really would like to have your flowers in our store. And um, I'll be honest, had David not been such a supporter and pushing us through the process, we may have given up. Um, um, It just, it's just, it's just a lot, Um, which is, which now looking back, it makes me feel good um, about our product. The fact that it could meet all of their requirements. Um, and, um, it also makes me feel good about the food that I buy when I go to Hulk Foods, because I know what that product, what those products have had to go through, um, to be allowed to be sold in their store. Mm-hmm. Um, so, anybody, uh, so was, yeah. So for anybody who's interested, like what were the biggest hurdles that you had to, uh, um, overcome? it is just a paperwork nightmare. Um, and, <laughs> um, that. just stay the course, just stay with <clears> it. Um, I've heard there's a, a flower farmer in Atlanta that's reached out to me. And it sounds like the process is, has gotten better, that it streamlined some. Um, so I do hope that that's the case. Um, yeah, we actually did it before Amazon bought them. So maybe. Yeah, we, we did it before Amazon um, bought Whole Foods. Yeah. So, um, so anyway, I hear that it's better. But my advice to anybody is it's worth it. Um, you know, just hang in there and, um, you know, just keep trudging along and, and really make a, 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 a contact at the store. Um, again, you know, David was just such a cheerleader for us and, um, you know, he just made sure that we, um, you know, stayed, um, on task, you know, and got in there. Well, it's sort of like everything. It boils down to relationships and. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and you, you know, that's life, right? You yeah. Know? Yeah. Um, so are you're still selling at farmer's market then for like closer to home? We, every week we do Statesboro farmer's market. Um, let me get to a different section. Uh, every week we do States for Farmers Market, um, which is about 30 miles from us. That's our closest market. Okay. And then we try two to three times a month to go down to Forsyth and Savannah. Um, we've just got such a good customer base down there. I hate not to go down there. Just um, We just made some good relationships. Um, so and, they're, w- um, they're waiting for you. And if you don't come... They start messaging you, right? Yes, they do. They do. And thankfully, I can say, hey, I just delivered to Whole Foods. Swing by there. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Isn't that amazing? Um, but it's still not the same. No, but that's so interesting that, like, the the fact that you're at Whole Foods is not taking away from the customers who want to come no, buy not, it direct. No, not a bit. Not a, not yeah. a bit. Um, and I think people, you know, you've got your market people who like going to the market. Um, you know, that's just a whole different kind of subculture of people. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, and, you know, I think they like just, it's a, I mean, they love our product, but it's more an experience, you know, that's what yeah. they do on Saturday mornings, you know, yeah. um, yeah. and which I think is wonderful, you know? <clears throat> so how many of your children are now involved? Um, I know you've told me that one of your, I think your daughters does all, all your social media. So 
Well, uh, she did. Congratulations um, to that. <laughs> well, well, unfortunately, I've lost her. We actually just took her to the University of Georgia on Friday. Oh, wow. And so, so she is. She has spread her wings and she has flown. Okay. Um, and uh, so I'm. I'm pretty devastated over that. Um, happy for her. Sad for me. Yeah. Um, and so it will be me again on social media. So you will see there will probably be a drop off. <laughs> we'll we'll share the love back when it comes to social media. Um, uh, so I had so Mary Jen's gone um, and um, and she did my markets. She did one of my markets for me, too. So that's another kind of hole that I've had yeah. to try to fill. Right. Uh, and then we have another daughter, Josie, who's 16. And Josie who Josie is who will take over the flowers. Um, that's what wow. she wants to do for her um, for her living um, and um, in, her, in adulthood. And um, I wish she could be here with us today. Um, but um, as children are busy with school and activities, she's not here. Um, but um, she knows so much. It's amazing that a 16-year-old, I mean, she runs it. Like, I mean, I, I mean, she truly can, she knows when to plant, where to plant, when to harvest, what to harvest, what bouquets need to be made. Like, she can run it from start to finish. Sounds like she kind of learned it along with you and Mike. Like, you she know, did. She did. Um, yeah. she, um, she's been with it every step of the way. Um, and then our son is 14, and um, he, he, him and his daddy are kind of the muscle. Um, mm-hmm. They do the tractor work and um, driving T-post and putting up fence and all the things that I just don't want to do. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Um, and um, Mason doesn't, he does it, him and Morgan, um, who's my baby, she's 12. Um, they, they work because they want to earn some money. Um, yeah. they, they don't do it because they, they have no desire to, to, to be flower farmers, mm-hmm. but um, it's a good way for them to earn money. Um, and, sure. And I to, mean, it kind of achieved what your original goal was, was to create a family business. Yep. Yep. It, it actually has. Yes. Um, so we're very blessed. Um, and then this year I found two Hispanic ladies um, that are helping me that um, have just been wonderful. Um, we really had some um, some labor issues and um, it was never stable. Um, and this year um, it is stable and um, they've learned so much and they enjoy the flowers. And so I've been real blessed. Um, it really is our first year of having stable labor help. And wow, that's amazing. Yeah. And is that is that also because... Um, do one of you work off farm? I can't remember exactly. Um, yes. Um, Mike um, has a landscape company. And so he really is um, just after yeah. evenings and weekends um, help because um, he's full time. And um, I'm, I'm a nurse by education and stopped nursing um, a year and a half ago. Um, wow. And um, that has been nice to be able to focus because I've never really been able to focus on the flowers prior to that. Oh, um, I had no but idea. Even with really. that, I, I still needed more help. <laughs> so, so I'm just curious, you mentioned this was at your grandparents' farm. How, how long have you lived there? Did you, um, was this sort of something that you had, you lived, you lived there before you had kids or did the having a growing family kind of prompt you to move there? Well, when we got married, we knew we wanted to move here. Um, mm. And so this land's real special. So my ancestor, um, John Deakel, he re- uh, acquired this land and our piece of land is part of his original um, that he secured as a land grant from the Queen of England in the early mm. 1700s. Wow. And um, it has, um, the land has continued in our family um, and my children are the ninth generation 
um, from him um, on oh the my, land. Oh um, my goodness! That's and so crazy. that's really really special to me um, that um, um, we've been able to maintain the it in the family for that long. And um, other people, other people have other generations that have farmed. It sounds like uh, at the on the land was it yes. mainly to just feed their their families, or was um, it more? Well, my, for my business? grandfather. Prior to that, yes, um, and then my grandfather um, he earned his living as a farmer. He grew tobacco and cotton and soybeans and peanuts. Wow. Um, and then um, once he passed away, um, um, we've continued to rent out the farmland to a local farmer. Um, and so the bulk of our land is um, in traditional row crops. Wow. Um, and um, we have cut out this, I don't know, probably all of this together. They were not growing on all of it, but this mm-hmm. little area where we could grow on it is probably three acres. Um, and uh, for us, you know, for the flowers. Wow. Well, so interesting that, that you have, um, well, obviously Mike's skills at a, as a landscape designer or a landscape installer or in that business probably came in quite yes. handy. You can grow well, anything too, Mike, right? He, well, he has a degree in horticulture from the University of Georgia. So um, he already knew, like, like he had he had some knowledge coming into it, and then especially yeah. his knowledge of irrigation um, and tractor. We had a tractor, which is huge. A lot of people don't have tractors when they start off. So we had equipment already, and so all of those were just kind of bonuses, you know, oh my getting started. Oh, my gosh. And, and then... Uh, the design that you do with the f- the floral design, do, do you think that that's like your inner creative, uh, tapping your inner creative artist that you hadn't been able to do when you were nursing? Or is it just something that, you know, you guys figured out together? Well, I'll be honest with you. The bouquets are assembly line bouquets. I am not a designer. I have no desire to be a designer. Um, my love is growing flowers. Mm-hmm. Um and, um, so our bouquets are not, um, there's not, I mean, like it's about a minute that a bouquet, <laughs> you know, from start to finish. And what I have found is if you have good flowers, it really doesn't matter, you know? Um, and either the person's going to buy your bouquet and they're just going to plop it in a vase because they don't care, or they're going to spend their time themselves designing how they want the bouquet mm-hmm. to look at home. Mm-hmm. And so we have found that, um, we just end up getting frustrated at ourselves and each other if if we really try to design anything um and so that's, so uh, that's definitely that that is different for us because i know a lot of flower farmers are uh, you know they they have the design element they do weddings they um do events and at this point i have no desire to to expand that way mm. that is so interesting rita because uh you know that saying like the flower's so beautiful it arranges itself you're kind mm-hmm. of you're kind of proving that like yeah, yeah. you come it, up with us. It really yeah, is. You, and you know, for the longest time, our children made the bouquets. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Josie still makes the bouquets now, but the other ones have gotten so busy that they're not able to help me. Um, but you know, years ago, I mean, there was little kids making those bouquets, you know, so it really is all about the flowers. Oh my goodness. I love it. So that means your recipe is constantly changing because it is. So you're like cutting instance, what's available, right? Right. Like for instance, this morning when we made for Whole Foods, you know, after we finished cutting, I looked in the cooler and what we had. And so then it was three of this, two of this, you know, it's, it changes from the volume of what we have. Um, and, and somewhat the colors, but you know, our bouquets are just really, really colorful and they always have been, um, and full of sunflowers, we've become become known for that. Um, so, um, you know, yep. it does change based on the volume of, of flower that I have. 
Um, but we really don't don't do a lot in regards to certain palettes and that sort of thing. Well, it, I think Vivid is is definitely your palette because yeah, <laughs> you know you know what people are drawn to, and if you're going more retail, yeah, and then pastels kind of don't have a. I suppose you have a few pastels tucked in. I do, in especially in the spring. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. In the spring, we definitely have the lighter colors, but summer is just full of color. And then as we go into the fall, we'll have a lot of just the oranges and rust and burgundies um, mm-hmm. that just you know mm-hmm. just you know. Um, it's nice to see how the seasons change. Yeah. Now, do you, are you guys growing dahlias at all? (laughs) Or is that a a, a bad question? (laughs) (laughs) So I'll tell you, that is, that's my nemesis. Um, Mm. No no um, guilt, right? We said that, no guilt. um, Every year we try. Okay. Um, And I can get a hundred or so nice blooms, but I want like thousands. Yes. And um, I have not found the recipe yet for us here. Um, I have tried to do it counter seasonal like a lot of people do. um, And that did not work because we still do get cold here, you know, and I didn't have a way to protect them. We've tried growing them under lights. um, We've tried growing them with shade cloth. Um, This year, we are just growing them out in the full sun and just trying to keep them alive through our heat and yeah. see what happens come come um, fall. It's when things maybe cool off a little bit. Yep, yeah. But they hate our heat. They hate mm. it. Well, um, yeah. And I remember that when when we were at that conference, um, our mutual friend uh, Rita Anders came yeah. from Cuts of Color, and we were all blown away about how she's growing winter uh, dahlias. But she has she's amazing. She has, she has a structures. She's got um, a different setup than you. Yeah, yeah. And she's amazing. Like, Rita's my life goal, you know. Um, and whenever we get together, we laugh. We call each other. We're dose Rita's. Um, and, yes, um, I remember she, that. She has been such a mentor to me, um, especially in the beginning. Like, she would text me and say, Rita, I'm doing this today. Are you doing this today? Um, That's she lovely. Has, um, she, she, what you see today really is on the back of Rita Anders. Uh, well, we had we had her um, guest uh present at the Slow Flowers member meetup um, this past spring. And it was specifically to tell people about her winter growing processes. So I'll uh-huh. have to send you a link to that. Oh, that um, would be great. That would I be know great. you never have time to get on those meetings with us, but uh, <laughs> this I'm is going the next, to. I'm going to. <laughs> no, no, this is, this is the next best thing. Well, um, what the reason I brought up the dahlias is I was just kind of curious what your end of season crops are. Is it, is it just that the sunflowers... And celosia just keep going until we do. you get, have a um, frost? We do. We, we we keep planting. Um, We try to make it to Thanksgiving. Sometimes a frost will get us prior to some Thanksgiving. Sometimes a hurricane will get us prior to Thanksgiving. Mm. Um, but we do plant um, with that, with the end goal of Thanksgiving. And it really is just our summer. We um, Sunflowers, we do switch. Um, actually, we can show you these right here. So this is our first group that will be the Pro Cut Reds. Okay, um, and then the ones behind it will be the Moulin Rouges. Um, so you're kind of our, going into the darker colors. Yeah, uh, um, our customers love those. You put a couple of those in with the nice Vincent's Choice, and that is some kind of okay. Um, and then, of course, we'll still have zinnias. We'll have Gumfrina. Um, we'll have basil. We'll have mahogany hibiscus. Um, mm-hmm. I've got it started um, up in the upper field right now. It's a great filler in our bouquets. Um, wow. So it's just, we shift, it's essentially the same flower. We just shift to darker colors. Mm-hmm. And these sunflowers are planted in the fabric. Can you see that? Yes. Oh, it's, so, yes. It's and amazing. actually most, most everything in this lower section 
It's um, great. Almost great. everything is planted in the fabric. So um, when you talked about the close uh, placement of the seeds or of the of the flowers, how how many inches apart are the sunflowers? So right now we've got all of our sunflowers on uh, six inch spacing. Okay. Wow. And and like so like these are zinnias and they've been chopped off like we've already pruned them. Mm -hmm. But these will be really pushing strong here in the next couple of weeks. So, so we you'll, got get, you'll get the next flush then. The next flush. We've been cutting on an area in the top field, which we might make it up there. But um, the top field, we've been we've been working on it now for about a month. So here's some gumfrina. Now this is not in fabric, but it's it is weeded pretty well. Um, mm. I don't know. If, can you see it? Okay. Yeah, it's beautiful. That's a great um, color too. So that is it still on a six inch grid, even though you you these don't are have all six inch. Yep. We pretty much have everything. Um, that's lovely. I mean, that's worked pretty good for us uh, so far. So yeah, it's kind of the, if it's not broke, you don't fix it kind of thing. So I noticed that you have some structures way in the distance. Are those just hoop houses or high tunnels? Uh, yeah. So up, up there? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Can you see those? I can. Yeah. So we've got three smaller ones and one big one. And the big one right now is kind of our main area for our we call them our babies but all of our transplants okay so we seed them and then they go in there so that we'll go up there in a second but it's full of of stuff that needs to be planted yeah that'd and be then great the other, the other three are just kind of a mess right now we've got to get them cleaned up for fall because mm -hmm. we we use our tunnels ba mainly just for season extension got it so um, so we're not really so you'll either we have, have grown in them in the summer but probably gets too hot, it's, right? It's mainly the it's mainly the season extension stuff. Ah, uh, that's great. Well, before we wrap up, why don't you hop in your um in your cart and take us over there? Or if if you don't have yeah. time, that's okay too. Yeah, yeah, no, we can walk up there. Sure that. Uh, so this is another um this one actually is um flamingo feather. It's another celosia instead of having the purple tips, it has the white. And then oh, as it wow. gets older, it um, goes to like a blush color. Yes. Um, another really good um, filler for or uh, accent flower for us. I'm, I'm shocked at how tall those stems are. That is amazing. Yeah, they, those feathers get, they, they, when we're cutting them, they're usually in the four foot range or, or better, beautiful. four, four wow. to five foot probably. And these were sunflowers we planted last week. Yeah, those would be last week's sunflowers and then just other areas that we're about to turn up. Or we've turned up and we got to keep working on them. Wow. So, Mike, you come home from landscaping and put in a couple extra hours uh, <laughs> and Rita keeps uh, right up with you? <laughs> yeah, I mean, usually in the evenings, I I just do whatever I got to do. You know, sometimes mm -hmm. it's mm. What, whatever. I mean, sometimes I help with bouquets. Sometimes it's tractor work. Sometimes it's like spreading compost. We're about to walk up to a big pile of compost right now. <laughs> so that's something else that some people may want to know. So um, every bed before we pull the plastic on or before we plant in it, it gets a, um, a layer of compost um, and then um, a, um, a fertilizer, just, a, just an application of a general fertilizer. Okay. And then so after that, we really do not fertilize. It's an organic. This is organic compost. It's, it's certified organic and mm. the fertilizer we use is, is organic as well. Are you, are, is Wilmore Farms uh, certified organic? 
we are not certified organic, but we we try to use Omri rated chemicals. Mm-hmm. So we use um, like the neem oils and sure just anything that's that's more of the um, you know approved Omri yeah. rated. But no, we are not certified organic. I said we're regulated by Whole Foods mm-hmm. as far as what we can use, and so we have to follow their recommended list. It sounds like they didn't require it, though. And and I think from what I've learned from other flower farmers is just um, it doesn't necessarily, you know, add up because the there's so, so many other regulations for certified organic that are e- maybe easier for food growers than flower growers. And you're so diversified. Right. Yeah, I mean, we certainly try to use – I mean, we try to use the practices of it, but mm-hmm. – yeah, it's uh, well, you know, it's a people, long process to get certified. So I don't know if we ever will or not. You know, we don't grow anything edible, and what we found that's important to the customer is that it's local. Yeah, I was just going to say your brand already has a, an excellent reputation, and your customers know you're local, and they they know you're affiliated with Whole Foods, so they've got this sort of sense that you're doing good things, and uh, I. I applaud you for it. I mean, I think just trying to maintain, you know, those practices is hard enough. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So these are some of the babies. Can you see these okay? Yeah. So what like, are they? There's some marigolds and celosia and wow. basil and gumfrina just, and sunflower. Yeah. Go ahead. No, no, I was just going to say, it's like you use what you have. You have um, pallets. Yeah. Yeah, they're sitting on pallets and buckets. <laughs> I'm and, impressed. I mean, it's not it's not the greatest looking thing, but uh, it the works. The structure's beautiful and it's doing the job. That's wonderful. It's doing the job. This is an old trailer. <laughs> but the good thing the good thing about this trailer is we have a lot of, a lot of uh, seed trays on it. We can move it quickly. So, hey. You just haul it out to the field to, to transplant. So Deborah, this is Josie. That's Josie. That's our. Hi, hi, Josie. The future, the future generation. I love She's it. She's the future. It's the future. She's not. She doesn't really like this kind of thing, but she is the future. So. Uh, okay. So maybe maybe one day you'll be talking to her on your. I would podcast. love it. I would love it. Let's plan <laughs> on that. Okay. I'm serious. That's so inspiring. Little did you know when you had this idea that it was just going to blow up and be such a amazing change in your lives to have this beautiful flower yeah. farm. Yep. Yeah, you're right. So um, we'll walk you over to the barn real quick and the cooler. Great. That sounds great. And then we'll, we'll, uh, we'll say goodbye. Um, for sure. When we uh, post this uh, interview, I'll get some extra photos from your feed. Your, your flowers are packaged so beautifully and you're using like, uh, branding on like a, a a label or a sticker to brand. Yeah, we've got a case, we've right? got a stamp on there that we've used, and uh, so now we we kind of started that several years ago, and we started it, and people are sort of just used to it now. I love so, it. Uh, I love the business name, and obviously, it's a play on Williams, right? It, right, right for the yeah Williams and Morgan. Hmm. Uh, Morgan is is Rita's maiden name, and one of our children's name, Morgan. Oh, this yeah. is our. This is our old barn. Can you see okay. it okay? Mm-hmm. That we've kind of uh, <laughs> rebuilt and changed and it's added impressive. onto, and this serves as our main, like, processing facility. 
Okay, so this is where you're making your bouquets. It is. And so mm-hmm. it's about 150 years old. Wow. Um, it was about to fall down when we moved out here. And so we've had to do a fair amount of work. I know it still looks rough, but <laughs> from where it's come from, it's come a long ways. Hey, you 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 used what you had. Back to that story. Is this um is this your cooler then on the outside? Or do you have it is, oh, you have so there's one cooler here. Can you see that mm-hmm. one? Yeah. That was our very first cooler. I got it out of an of a subway that they had torn down. Oh my goodness. And perfect um, price, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we got so we used it and uh and it was fine for us for the first uh, couple of years. And then I don't know, can you see? Oh wow. That's gorgeous inside, you guys. So you this is it. kind of the structure. There's the tables. So we truly, oh it's like an assembly line when we make bouquets. Yep. We put buckets on the tables and we just go at it. I have a little whiteboard over on the wall and that's where the recipe of the day gets written. And um, That's wonderful. That's, that's what we do. <laughs> I love all the old windows, but you have the cafe lights. So I could I can imagine you could throw a, a great workshop or party in there if you, yeah. if you went that route. We actually had, my sister actually got married in here. Oh my goodness, I bet it was so ago. dreamy. It was kind of funny. Yeah. Um, so this is the back of an old truck. That's an old re- reefer truck. And okay. we're not affiliated with that company. <laughs> but we just haven't we haven't we're gonna yeah, paint it one day. But anyway. You're gonna put so the Wilmar Wilmore logo up there pretty soon, right? Yeah, we'll have something. But we kind of built on this section this year, actually, this winter. And we put this cooler used to be on the other side of the barn, but it was kind of a hassle. So mm. now we've put it here. Yeah, you're like walk right in from the production area. Yeah, you can walk right in from the production, which is very handy. And then... uh, No practical. The the cooler is on, but I'll try to take you in here. Oh, that's okay. We'll just love to take a peek. And all these babies are going out the door tomorrow, it looks like. There's some of our bouquets for Whole Foods. Oh, my goodness. Those are amazing. And there's... Can you see okay? Yes. So So are you putting... Yeah, and you have right here. We're delivering in the morning. Okay. And then we've got stuff that we cut today. There's a lot of sunflowers we, and marigolds. And, you, and you'll make those tomorrow into new bouquets. Yeah, they'll be these will be processed for our next thing in a couple of days. Wow. So, so you uh, built this you built this from a reefer truck and then did did you have to put a cool bot in it or did it come with a refrigeration? No, we unit? had to put so it did have it had this in it, which is just a normal cooler unit, but we didn't do that. We just used the cool bot. So the cool bot is can you see uh, it? Yes, it's fabulous. So there's the the AC, the window unit, and then the cool bot itself. Yeah. Um so it we had it we had it or we put it in here. That's amazing. And it's good. It keeps, it'll keep run stuff down to about 40 degrees. We usually keep it between 40 and 42. Mm, And uh, yeah, so that's our cooler. Wow. What a great tour and visit. Um, Rita knows that I've been bugging her to do, uh, record an interview for a while. It's a bonus that you could join us, Mike. And what a team you guys make. I am really inspired and I know other people will be happy to have a little bit of a virtual visit to Wilmore Farms. It's really, I'm congratulations. I'm really impressed and inspired. I look forward to hearing what you decide to do as you grow um, in the future. (laughs) Um, We see a lot of people who, um, 
I suppose I just want to say it's hard work. Um, and I think a lot of people don't realize it and then they get very um, discouraged. Um, and, you know, it's been six years and we still don't have it figured out. Um, and so I, I suppose I just want to have, if there's the people out there that are listening to this and they're ready to give up because they're so discouraged, just to encourage them not to. And that, you know, ever, ever failure that you experience, that's a learning process mm-hmm. and you know, to do something different the next time. That's a good attitude. And, and also you, you've decided what to specialize in. You've, you've kind of stayed focused and stayed in your lane. You're not trying to you know, try things that maybe like garden roses or something that just wouldn't do well in your region. Yeah. <laughs> Could you so, imagine? <laughs> yeah, but I know, I know you're going to crack that nut with the with the dahlias. I'm not sure how, but I want to hear the story when you when you well, tell I'm me. Not giving send, up. That, that, send me some photos. <laughs> okay, good. We'll get it eventually, but but for right now, this what we're doing works for us. And like Rita said, I think the biggest like with. So many people, especially at the farmer's market, you know, if we had a, a nickel for every time someone comes and offers to work for free and all that kind of stuff. I mean, I, you know, I think people because it have would be so the, fun. <laughs> yeah, I think people have the vision sometimes that like we just skip around and listen to music all day and the flowers are so great. You know, it's like yeah. and it's kind of yeah. like a fantasy world. And so when you actually have to get into it and realize how hard it is it's it is it can be discouraging it can be yeah. frustrating especially where we live what's very hot it's very humid it's just sometimes it's brutal working conditions but mm-hmm. you got to keep going and keep you got to be persistent and uh just try to you're gonna make mistakes but we've made millions of mistakes and we continue to make them and the, and i think the worst part about it is you know I've used this analogy a lot where if you build a wall wrong, you can tear it down and build another wall. When you, when you in this business and what we do, sometimes you have to wait a full 12 months to fix what you messed up. And that's hard, but it's kind of the reality of the business. It's just, it is what it is. So you just try to learn from your mistakes and do the best you can and keep being persistent or be, as we as we say around here, we are pathologically optimistic. <laughs> and you make a great team. I, I love <laughs> it. Thank you both so much. This has been wonderful. And I really look forward to uh, sharing it with uh, the Slow Flowers community and beyond. And I hope to visit someday. I would love yes, to come. Yeah, that'd be great. Yeah, that sounds great. Okay. Thanks so much. Thank you. Right, thank you. Thanks so much for joining me today. Visit slowflowerspodcast.com to watch the replay video of today's conversation and that terrific farm tour. Look for episode 576. I've also grabbed links to some of the resources that Mike discussed, including the compostable mulch sheeting, the deer fencing, and their coolbot system. So you'll want to check that out, as well as follow links to Wilmore Farms social places. 
Our next sponsor thank you goes to the Gardener's Workshop, which offers a full curriculum of online education for flower farmers and farmer florists. Online education is more important than ever, and you'll want to check out the course offerings at thegardenersworkshop.com. Hey, this coming weekend, if you're available, you're invited to join me virtually as I share the story of Slow Flowers and our mission at the Frisia Summit, a virtual three-day conference taking place September 23rd, 24th, and 25th. Frisia stands for Florist Recognizing Environmental and Eco-Sustainable Ideas and Applications. Hosted by Hitomi Gilliam and Gregor Lersch, the first Frisia Summit will cover presentations from industry leaders on sustainability in floristry. I'll be presenting a new lecture called Walking the Talk, Putting Your Sustainable Values into Practice. And I'm excited that Slow Flowers members Susan McCleary and Holly Chapel are also part of the speaker lineup. They'll present design demonstrations and lectures. And there'll be an international slate of designers offering 15 hours of live presentation in all. The standard registration is $99, and the full registration, which includes a bonus session with Gregor Lersch, is $129. You can find the registration link in today's show notes or visit freesiasummit.com. Our final thank you goes to Johnny's Selected Seeds, an employee-owned company that provides our industry with the best flower, herb, and vegetable seeds, supplied to farms large and small, and even to backyard cutting gardens like mine. Find the full catalog of flower seeds and bulbs at johnnysseeds.com. Thanks so much for joining us today. The Slow Flowers Podcast is a member-supported endeavor, downloaded more than 889,000 times by listeners like you. Thank you for listening, commenting, and sharing. It means so much. As our movement gains more supporters and more passionate participants who believe in the importance of our domestic cut flower industry, the momentum is contagious. I know you feel it too. If you're new to our weekly show or our long-running podcast, check out all of our resources at slowflowersociety.com and consider making a donation to sustain Slow Flowers' ongoing advocacy, education, and outreach activities. You can find the donate button at slowflowerspodcast.com. I'm Deborah Prinzing, host and producer of The Slow Flowers Show and The Slow Flowers Podcast. The Slow Flowers Podcast is engineered and edited by Andrew Brenlin. The content and opinions expressed here are either mine alone or those of my guests alone, independent of any podcast sponsor or other person, company, or organization. Next week, you're invited to join me in putting more Slow Flowers on the table, one stem, one base at a time. I'll see you then. Mm-hmm.